Disrupting Japan, Episode 45. Welcome to Disrupting Japan, straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening. The team at Molcure has big ambitions. Now, I realize that's a cliche. Talking about a company's big ambitions is like talking about a founder's driving passion. It can be, and it usually is, applied to every startup on the planet. It's different with Molcure, however. They've developed and are bringing to market a system that can greatly reduce the time required to develop antibody based drugs. Molcure not only speeds up the process of isolating a handful of candidate gene sequences to combat a particular target by a factor of 10, but it then actually automates the laboratory tests required to confirm these candidates. Molcure has a vision of a drug discovery and testing system so completely automated, they're calling it Sample In, Cure Out. As ambitious as that seems, however, The biggest hurdle to their success might not be the technological challenges. You see, Japanese biotech companies face some unique hurdles. Despite some amazing and groundbreaking research being done in the Japanese laboratories, a lot of changes need to be made before Japan will be able to successfully bring them onto a global marketplace. But I don't want to get too far ahead of our story, so I'll let both Yutaro Kyono and Yoichi Hirohara. Two of Molcure's co founders tell you all about it. So let's get right to the interview. So I'm sitting here with both Yutaro Kyono and Yoichiro Hara, co founders of Molcure. Molcure is a biomolecule engineering platform, and you guys are focused on antibody based drugs. That's a really big concept for a software guy like me. So, Yoichiro, can you explain it in a way that A 10 year old could understand it. What is it that Molcure does? Okay, Molcure is providing software for discovering the new antibody drugs for incurable diseases. It can lead a sequence of DNA and then we collect the big data from the library in the process of the screening of drug and then we analyze the data using our machine learning algorithms. Then we can discover the 10 or 20 top candidates for their pharmaceutical company. So, you, you start out with a pathogen and you're looking for DNA sequences of antibodies that will attack that pathogen? Particular disease targets. It's like a protein or a peptide, it's related to their disease. Antibody is missile weapon against the targets. From what I've read,、mm-hmm. the advantage of antibody based drugs is that they tend to have much fewer side effects、yes. than traditional pharmaceuticals. It has high specificity, selectivity. So, right now, what percentage of drugs are antibody based drugs, and how、mm-hmm. many are sort of the traditional, traditional small, chemical small based? Molecule, yes,、yeah. chemical based. Now, the top 10. In the global market, half of it is antibody drugs. Okay. And the other is small molecule. Now, the growth rate of the antibody drug market is so fast. So, your technology narrows down the choices to a small few that can then be investigated experimentally. Yes.、Yeah. Molecure has introduced AbTracer technology. 
is AbTracer the basic software that does this function? Yes, AbTracer software in the process of the drug discovery, we can narrow down the number of the candidates from the library to the screened hit candidates antibody library, but the variation of the library is 10 to 12 or 10 to 9. It's a huge variation, it's start point, and then we do the screening against the target, and then we can pick out the candidates bind to the target, and then we lead the sequence of the binded samples from the post-screening sample. So we can compare the pre-screening sample and post-screening sample blueprint, we can compare what type of the antibody has remained to the binded target. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Now, your CEO has talked about a vision of Molecure, Mm -hmm. which is a sample in and a cure out. Yes, exactly. Which is pretty pretty amazing. Yutaro, can you explain exactly what this vision will mean? Molecure is a software company, but actually we need more experiment. We have to do the wet laboratory operation. So what is wet laboratory operation? Uh, this means dispense uh, some liquid, or we have to mix just the DNA liquid. So, so this is the part where after you've narrowed down mm-hmm. from millions and millions of potential DNA strands, where you've got 10 you want to test, this is the physical testing of each one. Yeah. And Molecure wants to also automate that process. How long does this process take? What, you, what exactly are you testing? Traditionally, the experiment takes a half a year to one year, mm-hmm. but actually machine experiment works 24 hours. If you use um, robotics automation, maybe... So robotics can shorten the process Mm -hmm. because they can work around the clock. Mm -hmm. But this process, is it strictly chemical testing Mm -hmm. to determine whether this antibody is the right Mm -hmm. one? Yeah. The vision, at least for now, is AbTracer technology can narrow the field down from millions and millions of matches to 10 or 20. And then the automation component can run the chemical testing automatically to narrow that down and confirm Mm. which, if any of these potential ones, actually have the potential to be effective against the target. Excellent. But it seems to me there's still one more step (laughs) in the sample in and cure out. Mm. That's moving from chemical testing to the actual drug testing. So how are you going to make that step? Now we still have to develop the robotics. So now you're focused on automating the, the chemical process, the screening of the antibodies. Yes. So Yoichiro, how will this translate into the future? After you automate the screening of the antibodies, what's the next step in order to pursue that sample and cure out vision? The next step of our automation is if anyone has a new disease target, upload the information of the disease target online, and uh, we can start the process of screening and uh, identify the top 10 or top 20 candidates. And then we can do the synthesize. In the future, we hope to make the synthesized automation system of the protein. And then we can do the test against patients. It's the future. That's a big jump. So right yes. now... Yes, um, it's just for testing. For testing. The synthesized protein is for testing. Okay. We have to collect the data because our software is machine learning algorithms, so we have to get more testing data from the real world. So is your current business model to sell services to pharmaceutical companies? But your long-term vision is to be able to actually do the full cycle research yourself? Yes. 
its future. But in at this moment, just we provide a software to the pharmaceutical company. But in the future, you have to do the, all of the process in-house. That's really interesting. So let, let's talk a bit about biotech in Japan in general. Molecure has raised a modest amount of money. You've raised about $2 million? Yes. Originally, our company is spin out from software company. Oh, okay. In general, funding in Japan is much lower than funding in San Francisco. Yes. Biotech companies in particular require a lot of capital. Yes. They take a long time to reach profitability. How are you guys dealing with that? Our business category is not drug development company. Typical biotech is providing their new drugs by themselves. It's discovery to development, mm. all the process doing by the company. And then license are to their big pharma in the later stage. Our strategy is drug discovery platform. You're providing services. Yeah, services, service platform. So it's not a typical biotech. Molecure is one of the few biotech startups in Japan. But are there startups in Japan that are focused on drug development in the way biotechs in the States and Europe are? About 10 to 15 years ago, the most of the Japanese biotech startup is focused on the drug development by themselves. Huh. But uh, recently, some of the Japanese biotech service company has IPO. Right. So some of the investors, I didn't understand about, oh, the typical biotech it's high risk, high return model, but low risk and low return, stable service business model is good for invest. It's more easy to get profitable. So our strategy is getting the huge data in the short term. We are the Google in the drug discovery world. Okay. So we have to collect the more huge data and then do the machine learning. And so our software is more smart and the, the more accurate identification. It's like a search engine of the drug. All right. If they input the target, we can, our software can identify, oh, this is good drugs. In America for the past few years, there's been a real biotech boom. Well, really for the last couple of decades. Yeah. This huge boom in biotech investment and startups. Have you seen something similar happening in Japan? Or are biotech startups still kind of rare here? The first boom of biotech it was 10 to 15 years ago in Japan, it's the same. But so it's, same timing as in the States? Yes, time. I think yeah. so. But after five years, the market is shrink it's like a down yeah it went down but uh, it happens again three or four years ago it starts from the genome sequencing boom so the biotech trend is start again in japan now but the amount of the investment is still small is, is your investment all from vcs or did you have because i know there's many government programs that have been set up to support biotech research particularly university sponsored research yeah. So has your investment been primarily from venture capital, or have you received funds from government programs as well? After founding a company, we've got some grant from government, but the amount of the grant is not so huge. So we have to fundraise from Japanese venture capital. Mm -hmm. yes. Well, let me ask you about that, because this is something I find interesting. A lot of the startups I talk to have had some government funding, and most of them said, well, the money's nice, but it wasn't very much. So is there value in the government programs that are set up to support biotech startups and startups in general? The value is just, just the money. So it's good. Every little bit helps. <laughs> yes. And uh, there is tether of the money. We cannot use freely. For, for example, if we get grant fund from government, we cannot use freely. Use purpose is 
strictly limited, like a. So you could use it for buying equipment, but not for salaries, for example. Yes, it's like that. Oh, okay. Just focus on the oh, this grant is for buying a machine or outsource something or. It sounds very much like university research grants, actually. Yes, it's maybe it's like same. Now. All of your founding team has a background in biotech, right? Yes. So, how did the founding team come together?、Um, before Monkey Founding, it's spin out from a software company, and I know the CEO of the software company. Well, what were you doing at that time? I'm operated two startups by myself, so, so I know the CEO of the software company as a friend of the entrepreneur community. You know that is really encouraging because that is something that didn't used to happen at all. There's、mm-hmm. there was no entrepreneurial community,、mm-hmm. and I think one of the biggest advantages that San Francisco has is that there's a strong community. When people leave one startup, they can start、mm-hmm. another. Kind of cross pollinate ideas. But actually, you all had a background in biotech, but Yutaro, you also you had a particular focus on robotics as well, didn't you? I studied in pharmacy. But in my hobby, I have made、uh, many ro- robots. I run by myself. Our CEO looking for robotics person. I and our CEO is a favorite university and、uh, favorite building. So you and the CEO met and discussed it. Yeah. Okay. Now that the team's together, you've got the software. You've got funding. Now, biotech startups really seem to be very different from, say, software startups, which is what I've always done. In software startups, everyone always says, you know, fail fast, try different things. If it doesn't work, pivot. But you can't really do that as a biotech. What would you say is the the biggest challenge you face? I think、uh, the typical biotech strategy is、uh, not fit to our company. We hope to do the same way in the software industry's manner: lean startup or、uh, learning from the testing. And feedback is the same in the machine learning. We hope to collect the the failed data and success data, more and more data. Our software can identify and predict the the best one. Our biggest challenge is collecting the huge failed data and success data in the field of the pharmaceutical industry. So when you're talking、yeah. about failed data and success data, do、yeah. you mean the DNA or the protein, protein sequences you're looking for? Those successes and failures. It's matching like a blueprint and protein. So we have to do the more tests and get the more record and the feedback to the software, so we can predict. Oh, this kind of blueprint is good or not. From where you are now to where you want to be, which is truly. Sample in, cure out. What do you think is the biggest challenge you'll have to overcome to get there? The big challenge is how to fight with the big company in the IT industry, not farmer. Oh. We think our potential competitor is Microsoft or Google. So other big data AI companies. Yes, yes, we think that. So how to fight with them and、uh, keep the strengths, like a first company in the field in right, the market. Right. Something you can defend. Yes, defend it. So we have to collect more huge data, more quick. It's the best key to fight with them. We have to collect more huge data and、okay. brush out the software. Even though this is very heavily AI and big data driven, the the key to success is not just the technology. It's also getting that data. reference data、yes. and and controlling that. So in that sense, in the short term, even if you're working with pharmaceutical companies and you're losing money on some of the engagements. 
the data you're getting is going to be extremely valuable in years to come. Yes. Excellent. That makes a lot of sense. Back to the future of biotech in Japan. Why haven't we seen many biotech success stories in Japan? In Japan, there is no big success in biotech field. Yeah. Not yet. Why do you think that is? What's holding it back? It's, it depends on the money supply. Pharmaceutical development takes a long time and a huge cost. But the risk money supply in, in Japan is not so huge. It's not fit to the farmer. Okay. So yeah. IT or gaming company or more, more casual, maybe it's good fit to the risk money and uh, the startup. That makes sense. I mean, Japanese, there's not enough risk capital in Japan yes, that's yes. willing to make the tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars of investment over 10 or 15 years yeah. to really push yeah. many biotechs yeah. forward. I think、uh, the investing in biotech is high risk, high return game. Yeah. But the Japanese people cannot do it. Do you see that changing?、Uh, I think it's a better solution for the collaboration of biotech and IT. It's more a big chance for the small biotech startup in Japan. Okay. It seems like almost a waste because Japan's aging population seems like it would be a really good case. For investing in medical technology and investing、yeah. in new drugs. America, Europe, Japan all have rapidly aging societies.、Yeah. But Japan is about 10 years ahead、yeah. in like that curve. Yeah. But the VCs don't seem to think that way. Yeah, no, <laughs> no surprise of the, the risk money not come. It's difficult, I think. Yeah. Japanese biotech is just focused on the, the pharmaceutical, the new drug. But then I think regenerative medicine is a new opportunity for Japanese people to solve that kind of problem. Cell medicine or、yeah. organ transplantation is a new frontier. Five years ago, the Japanese academic institute they have the technology of iPS cell and applied iPS for the regenerative medicine. They have the advantage. But the speed is so slow. Now, in the global, we don't have strengths. And, so that's, yeah, this frustrates me about Japan. Sometimes the pure research、yeah. that's done in Japanese、mm. laboratories and Japanese universities、yeah. so、is fantastic. Yes. But no company. Yeah, they don't productize it. Yes, it's a problem of Japan. The government hopes to spend money for researchers, their basic researching. They invest money. But they're the, doing great research. Yes, but the no application of, no utilization of the technology to their. But a lot of universities now have been starting programs to try to change that. Keio and Todai have both introduced programs. Yeah. Do you see them having much of an effect? Most of the investment for the Todai or Keio is i n v e s t for the professor, but the professor <laughs> has no skill to operate a startup. Yeah. And also, no, it's like a. Typical Japanese big companies here is not fit to their startup. This is true. So, that kind of the startup operation experience person is not so much in Japan. It's a problem. You have several university professors on your board. Yes, it's scientific advisory board. Even that is relatively new in Japan. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, a university professor acting as an advisor for a startup would have been. Very unusual. Yeah, yes, I think so. <laughs> so maybe we're just seeing like small baby steps of progress. Yes, small progress <laughs> is happening now. Well, hopefully, we'll be able to see the business creation catch up with the RD development. Well, let me ask you what I always call my magic wand question. 
So if I gave you a magic wand and I said you could change anything at all about Japan, Japanese educational system, mm -hmm. the legal system, the way people think about startups, anything at all to make Japan better for startups, what would you change? People's way of thinking is the, the first point, I think. How, how would you change it? In the industry of biotech, many people is working in the big farmers. They don't feel their emergency now. They can survive peacefully. So no, uh, no stress and no pain for survive. So you think struggling. people have gotten too comfortable in Japan? Yes, it's too comfortable to survive in Japan. It's a problem, I think. So change their environment to the more emergency mode. Oh, we have to solve this problem in short time because we cannot survive like that. It's required to change That's really the way of thinking. So you would give Japan a new sense of urgency? Yes. I think that's, that would be hugely helpful. And some of my mentors and mm -hmm. friends who are now in their 70s, I think have more in common with Japanese now in their 20s and 30s. Because I think the generation who is now 40 to 60 had a very easy time in Japan. Their career grew up during the bubble. Yeah. They just had to work hard, be smart, and they'd get promoted. But the people who are now in their 70s didn't live in that world. And the people who are in their 20s and 30s certainly don't live in that world. Yeah. yeah. So listen, guys, thank you so much for sitting down with me. And uh, next time, let's go out for a couple of drinks in a bar. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And we're back. It makes good strategic sense that Yoichiro and Yutaro have positioned Molecure as a software company, a platform that will provide services to pharmaceutical companies and potentially build up a valuable and defensible library of vetted antibody sequences. I think they'll do well. And yet, with the state of biotech here, well, it seems like Japan is missing out on one of the markets in which she could actually take global leadership. The market needs being introduced by Japan's aging population and the depth of research being done at the universities here gives Japan the raw materials to be a biotech startup powerhouse. But biotech investment requires both a lot of capital and investors with strong hands. Investors who are willing to make large bets that will take decades to pan out. Now, Japanese pharmaceutical companies are willing to make these bets, and the government is willing to subsidize those bets. But that's not really bringing us much in the way of biotech innovation. Japan's biotech startups, where the real chance for global innovation resides, remains underfunded and must rely on big pharma rather than the marketplace to vet their ideas, at least for now. If you've got a story about biotech or innovation in Japan, the Molcure team and I would love to hear about it. So come by disruptingjapan.com slash show 045 and let us know what you think. And when you drop by, you'll find all the links and sites we talked about and much, much more in the resources section of the post. And most of all, Thanks for listening, and thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.